Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 10th of September 2020 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. It's been wet out there, folks, and we hope that you're wearing your most sensible shoes. It's important to step carefully and keep yourself safe. We have two stories for you today that have our storytellers watching their step and finding their feet. First, we have Angela with a story of misadventure, followed by a revisit to a story by Madeline. Before we get to today's stories, though, a gigantic philosophical hug goes out to our loyal Hong Kong listeners. We know the theories you're working with, and we want to say that we are listening. Hellos go out to our overseas listeners as well. This week, particularly listeners in Shah Alam in Malaysia, Bator Baji in Hungary, and Lewisham in the UK. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. In October this year, we'll be hosting the second annual Student Story Slam, where Hong Kong students are invited to tell their stories on our stage. We're inviting students to learn to tell their true, first-person stories with the help and guidance of seasoned storytellers on the theme of seconds. If you have an idea, you'd like to get yourself or your students involved, get in contact through our website, hongkongstories.com. Stories should be submitted before the end of September by following the links on the website. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than comedy. It's better than drama. It's real life. And now with a story from our June 2020 show, which was meant to be our February 2020 show, which had the theme of Fifty Shades of Red. Here is Angela. 2090, the first day of New Year. I was walking down the street and saw a handsome guy. Suddenly, I fell down while watching him. (laughs) At the time of falling, I said to myself, please fall gently. Pong! I fell down. (laughs) I sensed that some people came over, and one voice said to me, do you want to go to the hospital? I sat slowly on the ground, touching my head, my hands, and my feet. It seemed okay. Then I slowly stood up, and my stairs were unstable. And at that time, the same voice said to me, Are you all right? Can I help you? I turned my head. Oh, this is the handsome guy I just saw. (laughs) Ah, his face is very familiar. Look like a movie star. What is his name? I couldn't remember. Right, Andy Lau. (laughs) I look at him, and he look at me. And I said, okay, thank you. And the handsome guy gently and slowly walked with me for five minutes. During these five minutes, I felt very happy, warm, 
and I hope the time will stay there forever. I completely forget my pain. At that time, the handsome guy said to me, "This is my telephone number. If you need any help, just call me." Then <laughs> I said, "I said, oh," and I look at the name card. The handsome guy is Arthur, Pe- Arthur Peters. His clinic was just around the corner, so I po- I put his name card into my pocket, and then I went home alone. On that night, I thought about this instant and fell asleep sweetly. <laughs> the next morning, I woke up. When my feet pull on the ground, ah, it hurt. I look at my knees, black, blue, and swollen, and no red. <laughs> Each morning, I had a habit of swimming. On that day, I was a little bit uneasy. Should I go to swim? But after each swim, I feel refreshed, relaxed, and re-energized. So I decided to go to swim, despite my knees were painful and my steps were unstable. Then I, then I think about this, and from my home to the swimming pool would took about five minutes. On that day, it took about thirty-five minutes. I walked this way. I have to walk a step at a time. I just walk a step and stop a step, so that I can have an opportunity to look at the blue sky and the white cows. Also, the glimmer of the sun shine on my face. The flowers and the glasses seem greeting me. Good morning. How are you? I was, I was a bit nervous at that time, so I just walk uh, for a while. Then I reached the stairway to the swimming pool. I felt my legs become heavier. So I had to move forward step by step, with both my both hands held on the wall. And I said to myself, "Angela, insist walking to the swimming pool. You will get better and better day by day." And at that time, I also thought of the handsome guy, the orthopedist. Should I call him? Maybe. He might help me to recover my pain more speedily. Mm-hmm. On second thought, I dropped this idea because I was afraid that I will fall again in front of him because he is too handsome for me. <laughs> so I 
Upon arrival to the swimming pool, I slightly kick my legs in the water and swim slowly. After that, I have something thinking about my life. During the slow walking lasts for about two months. My pain faded away with time. Before the fall down, I used to run here and there, and sometimes I lost my way. And I told myself, "Is that what I wanted in life?" After the fall, the fall down, I have the opportunity to appreciate the beautiful size of the road. And also the fragrance of the flower, and also the sunshine on my face. I think this is simple happiness. Actually, happiness is very simple. Enjoy the moment. The fall down give me a wonderful experience, and I realize that. There are so many beautiful things in the world, not only the handsome guy. <laughs> There are more things in heaven and earth than handsome guys. Something like that. That was Angela's first time up on our stage, and we were so glad she took the time to join us. Workshops might be starting up again soon, so check the website for any details. And now it isn't going to be easy finding your way in a new space, but Madeline, whose stories always make us stop and think, is here to tell us about her journey. From 2018, here is Madeline. I came to Hong Kong on a whim. I was invited, and I came. I packed everything I had in boxes and took two suitcases with me. I thought that was all I would need. I had friends in, in, in Hong Kong, and I could stay with them for the two, three weeks it would take for me to get my paperwork in order. So I thought. But the infamous Hong Kong bureaucracy had other plans. It took at least four weeks for me to get my qualifications verified. Then there was the medical checkup, the police clearance, and the list goes on. Four months later, I was still with my long-suffering friends, and they are here. <laughs> But it all fell into place, and I could finally start working at my new school. Now, everything in Hong Kong seems to be wrapped in meters of red tape. In South Africa, where I come from, red tape is really not something that we know. As a matter of fact, we South Africans we proud ourselves that we get something done. We do not consult somebody in, in, in higher power. We do not look at a rule book, and we definitely do not tick a box. <laughs> But I started working in my Hong Kong primary government school. Now I came from a High school, international in South Africa. The children came bare feet to school. 
not because they couldn't afford shoes. No, we really catered for the affluent, well, the affluent hippie, actually. <laughs> uh, and, and we, rules there were really mere suggestions in actual rules. So when I now see the high school children of Hong Kong in their neat little uniforms and their belts and their polished shoes, it makes me long for those teenagers that I used to teach, the children that wore their hearts on their sleeves, sometimes with passion, sometimes with anger, always with passion. But the following of the rules was not the biggest culture shock for me. The biggest culture shock is two things. Firstly, the Hong Kongese has got a very strange relationship with time. It feels to me like your commitment to your work is measured by the amount of hours you spend at your job. <laughs> Not by the actual work that you do. I find this bizarre. Also, relationships I find very strange. I've been in Hong Kong for almost two years now. Not one single person has ever asked me a single private thing about myself or for that matter invited me to their homes. I mean, if you were to teach in, a, in, a, in South Africa from any other country, you would be inundated with invitations. People will invite you to their weekend homes, invite you to church services, many of those. You could go to a rugby match, a cricket match, a, a soccer match, depending on the, cult, on the p- people that you, that you stay with. And you would definitely have been invited to some sort of a farm where you could hunt for, your, for, the, for the buck that you could eat that night. Remembering this one Sunday... I was feeling particularly sorry for myself. I just looking for a restaurant in Lantau, South African restaurant, couldn't find it. I was waiting at the station. I was feeling miserable. I didn't want to be here. I hated everything about Hong Kong. And to make things worse, as soon as the train, like King, came up on its way to Hong Kong, four women rushed past me and a man and ran for the closest seats. I was livid. But then the man was also lost his seat turned to me and he said, never mind. Now, it was strange, and I looked at him, and just it was a brief smile, and it was it. And all of a sudden, not finding that restaurant didn't seem all that important anymore. There's something magical about this never mind attitude of, of the Hongkonese. It means that people living literally on top of one another are really unaggressive. Definitely non-violent. It also, I think, means, for me, it's a pre-request for happiness. But, as a South African, I do fucking mind. (laughs) And it's difficult to give that up. I try very hard, but it's difficult. Although, I must say, it's nice to feel safe. In South Africa, safety has become a bit of a luxury. No, I mean, I really, it's a luxury. If you can't afford security guards, security gates, security camera, you are basically screwed. Well, actually, you're screwed even if you can afford it. <laughs> but, so, so now feeling safe, walking in the evenings in the streets, it's, it's like, so I really appreciate that after living in the trenches of South Africa for so long, even though I will always be in my heart of hearts a South African. I have also learned to appreciate the rules, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> 
well, I'll tell you what happened exactly. I was, I was doing an art class here in Hong Kong with a, with a teacher, and afterwards I, I posted my work on, on Facebook. Now, I've done this before in South Africa, art classes, posted my work, but I've never been so overwhelmingly praised by people. South Africa, the art classes is a little bit like, uh, you know, past the red wine, and that's cool. Here, this young guy was making me follow the rules. You hold your brush like this, and this is how you apply shade. So there's something to say about the rules. Also, I've realized, sometimes I realize, that my colleagues is not really aloof, even though my warm African heart feels rejected. It's not really aloofness. What it really actually is, it's probably impolite to ask. People have to create, I suppose, mental space because they live so much on top of one another. So now I, I'm very much aware of how polite they actually are. Politeness is very much part of the Hong Kongese whole sort of being. I was walking in the street again the other night. <laughs> and I was trying to find a bus stop. Didn't know where it was, so I asked a guy. And he didn't know either, and that should have been it. Uh-uh. He was going to help me find that bus stop, even if it kills us both. <laughs> After a while, I just couldn't take it anymore. I ran into a Manning's and hid behind an aisle of hair accessories. Not my proudest moment, I admit. But the, the, the politeness are really sometimes overwhelming. So now I ask my colleagues to my house for supper, and I'm, I giggle at the delight that they have when I do ask them. I found the theatres, I found the music, I found like-minded people, so I've learned to really appreciate living in Hong Kong. Except this time thing. This quantity versus quality thing, I, except I could say, perhaps, never mind. Never mind. Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.